So, do you want to intro this one? Hello and welcome to the Toucan Echo podcast. How's everyone doing? How you doing, James? Oh, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> That's great. We are Toucan Echo. We're here to talk about where we've been. Ooh. You know, we, we released Room Wide Mind. Uh, when was that? Like two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? 22nd? I don't even remember. Yeah. Somewhere around that. Mid, mid to late June. And um, once we released that, we went off exploring the festivals of the UK. Mm. <laughs> Which has been fantastic, and we want to just talk about them, our thoughts, our favourite bands, um, and maybe even our festival ambitions, because we love festivals and we really want to play one. It's a festivals podcast! <laughs> oh! Yeah! <laughs> right, so, James, how do you want to do this? Well, the festivals we're going to talk about are, you went to Glastonbury, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. We both went to Love Supreme, yep. which was a jazz festival. Obviously, Glastonbury's the mainstream music festival well, that you probably like heard of. Festival. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about the history of Glastonbury. <laughs> from, <right>. from, <laughs> from origins <laughs> to present day. Yeah. Um, no, we're just going to talk about the 2022 version. Mm-hmm. Um, and then festival ambitions. I don't know. We could talk about like other festivals we've been to, maybe. But, mm. um, but yeah, let's... Uh, Let's crack on. How was Glastonbury? Amazing. Uh, yeah, really, really good. Big. Big. <laughs> you don't realise how big it is. People are like, oh yeah, Glastonbury's massive, but then um, you get there and it's like, you park your car and then you have to walk 45 minutes to find a place to camp wow. <laughs> with all your stuff. Um, that so yeah, is far. Lots of walking. Lots of walking. But um, it doesn't matter because the music, like, it's, it's just like the, the calibre of... Like, the sort of names that you get sort of halfway through the day are just headlines at any other festival. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Like, um, one of the ones that caught me off guard was Elbow, um, who I watched on Sunday afternoon. And they were just so good. They were just like, everyone was having a great time. And um, they would be like a headline slot mm. on loads of other festivals. Mm. It's, it's absolutely crazy, the scale of it. And obviously, you get the massive names like Paul McCartney and Kendra Lamar and Billie Eilish, who I didn't see. I very mixed reviews of Billie Eilish from people that saw it. Mm. <laughs> some are like, yeah, amazing. Some are like, mm. <laughs> probably should have seen some. So what else. were the people that liked it? What did they like about it? And what were the people who didn't like it didn't like about it? So I, I, I don't really know. I think I think it made a difference if you knew the songs. Because mm. um, then you can sort of sing along. I think it's tricky. Well, for me, I find it tricky to engage with the performance if it's just like a singer with a backing track. I, yeah. loved, I love watching musicians play instruments. Mm. Um, so maybe that's why. I didn't dig too deep, to be honest. So. Mm. <laughs> but from my, my own experiences, seeing um, pop acts on stage, if there's no kind of like band surrounding them, I feel like I can't really mm. get inspired by the performance. Mm. Yeah. Which is a shame, because sometimes bands that are a bit more electronic-based, like it almost, not necessarily their music comes alive, but it gives their music a new... Um, feel when it's on stage like a mm. new interpretation almost yeah. I quite like it when like hip hop artists then bring live or a mm. big degree of live instruments like on, on stage because it doesn't sound exactly the same as like a all electronics or produced record kind of thing yeah um, but yeah it makes it quite interesting but sometimes they have live drummers which is interesting because it must be they must have to play completely locked into the backing yeah. tracks they've got like metronomes and yeah. they, 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 they normally have like in and they've got like people Talking to their ears, being like, right, chorus, two, 
three, four, and then they got like a metronome going the whole time. So they've got like the drummers are just. Oh yeah, they have like cue things. Yeah. yeah. They have like live people. I don't think. Maybe, maybe I, reckon, they do. I reckon that. They, like, I, I bet that's happened. Like. I know surely. you can set up cue things to like <laughs> yeah. warn you when something's coming, like pre-recorded yeah. sort of things like that, but. I didn't think they'd have like live people, but maybe like a little conductor. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You, you, you need it for an orchestra, like a ma- massive like pop production. They, yeah. They've got to have people behind the scenes, like you know, just <laughs> where's the chorus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's somewhere. You've got to get it on stage. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but, um, say, saying that, that's like going back to the subject of like having just um, like your performer on stage and not much much else. Um, Kendrick Lamar was one of my favourite performances, mm. and he was on stage just by himself with the dancers, mm. and, and the dancers put on like a fantastic, like so well choreographed and really interesting. But one of the things that I think actually mattered a lot was um, Kendrick's vocals were just so on point the whole time, mm. and that made it like more real. There was like and a really inspiring performance going on, yeah. and that was like the main focus of the whole thing. Mm. And because he was so good, I don't think it mattered that there was like mm. there wasn't like a band on stage. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was yeah. You a can big make it like well. yeah. almost an art, an artistic thing, or mm. an added intensity if there's like yeah, if you if you use it in the right way, you know. Yeah. yeah if you're, you have to be a probably have to be a really good performer to be able to command like just <laughs> yeah. some dancers and you. Yeah, yeah, as you said, like his actual performance had to be on point and his sort of stage presence and stuff had to be really good. Yeah. Where was it a Glastonbury that Kanye did his one under lights? I can't remember. I think it might have been. Maybe it was Reading. Was it Reading or um? Has Kanye been at Reading? That's why. It was. E- it was either Reading or Glastonbury. I think it yeah. might have been Glastonbury. Yeah. I know Jay Z headlined Glastonbury. Like. That would have been a while quite, ago. Quite a while ago. Yeah. Couldn't and it, the classic kind of criticism of whether he should be headlining that sort of festival oh and God, stuff. Like, yeah. Um. I mean, I could be getting my festivals mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it was Glastonbury. Yeah, um. Glastonbury. But yeah, it's always. So is it, it, that's an interesting point that yeah, like mm. you can command the stage on your own as well. Yeah, but highlights for me, um, I saw Sean Cutie, the son of Fella Cutie. Afro well, I've got his record up there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I saw him play live and um, it was on the uh, West Holt stage, which has got like a booth to the left of it, um, mm. where the artist goes after their set and you can get like a signed vinyl. So I, so I keyed up, met Sean Cutie, got a signed vinyl, mm. um, great vinyl, Afro beat through and through. And his, and his show was just so good. I, I sort of dragged a couple of my friends along. Um, they didn't know who he was. Um, and they enjoyed it. I think it's, it's always a safe bet with Afrobeat. Mm. Everyone loves Afrobeat. Um, Primal Scream, who had on Saturday. We went to see them instead of Billy. They, they were fantastic. Because um, Primal Scream are a weird band. They've got like um, such a varied discography. Um, and they start off in the sort of um, late 80s. And they're sort of more sort, more sort of rocky. Um, and then they released Screamadelica in like 91 which is just a mixture of sort of Rolling Stones Acid House and um, they, they get um, Andy Weatherall to do a couple of their tracks um, he's like a famous house producer and um, that's like their hit album mm. <laughs> and then after that they go and do loads of like really noisy rocky spoken word stuff which is really strange mm. and not many people like but they started off their set with all the like all the noise stuff and I recognised a couple of their songs um, which was fun but they all, the crowd was just sort of like vibing waiting mm. <laughs> waiting for the gospel choir to come out because that means they're about to play Scream of Delica tracks um, and they did and it was unbelievable so good <laughs> um who else? Paul, Paul McCartney was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, 
I think those are probably my three highlights. I don't want to go on for too long. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have to provide most of it because I wasn't there. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, really cool. But big contrast going to Love Supreme mm. the week after. Yeah, so you had a bit of a... We also went to see Jack White. We could throw oh, yeah. him in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we saw Jack White on the Tuesday after Glastonbury. <laughs> Long in the memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah after, after Glastonbury, we then both went to a gig um, on the Tuesday at the mm. Jack White's, put by Yard Act, who also great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, then we went to, like, a weekend-long jazz festival, which you'd been to before. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't been before. But, uh, yeah, we went with your, like, siblings, which is quite funny because your mm-hmm. brother's, like, well into his jazz. So yep. me, me being a bit of a jazz novice, it was quite a good uh, good to have some, you know, some experienced heads around there for <laughs> a rookie just wandering around. So you know when to clap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know when, <laughs> know when it's over. You know when they've not just hit wrong notes like they, they meant it. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I mean, Glastonbury sounded amazing. Paul McCartney looked good. My, my only, to close off Glastonbury, um, mm-hmm. it seems, uh, yeah, there was like loads of stuff. I mean, even Jack White, who we saw during the week, and mm-hmm. Yardax were both there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you could sort of see everyone. But um, but yeah, so long uh, long time coming was uh, going to watch Jack White. So people who've even glanced at this podcast briefly know that I'm a big fan of the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Um, so took the opportunity to try and see him live um and it uh it lived up to the bill i thought it sounded great thought it he performed really good. well mm. um it was just as like all the reviews described just like heavy mm-hmm. riffage for like 90 minutes it was pretty like rocking show <clears throat> yeah um yeah it was, it was very good i liked the um like the energy when jack white performs especially mm. when, when he brings out his old guitar <laughs> yeah it's just like there's something because um you probably mentioned the podcast like a million times before but Jack White's old guitar is notoriously difficult to play. Yeah. And he yeah. still brings it out just for that purpose, just yeah. to make him like struggle a bit when he's playing yeah. live. Um, so there, there's definitely like an added intensity when he, when he brings it on stage. Mm. It's just like. And there's an added yeah. intensity to the whole show because you've got to lock your phones away. So. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the first thing that's different. Apart from just the like little details, I mean, what I liked about it the most is I'm being a fan of like Jack White, his solo stuff, and the White Stripes. Just like knowing that he's the sort of guy that goes into like minute detail about his tours and like having look, watched some uh kind of rig overviews of his tours and that kind of thing before like walk past a guy sort of in a like a blue sort of themed suit with like a trilby hat i was like oh my god that's one of his road crew because he makes them wear those suits <laughs> <laughs> and then you get in and like the whole thing's themed blue so all the mm. lights like everywhere are blue and like it's such a small detail but you never see that you never see someone going like from the start of the night, there's going to be little details everywhere yeah. that are like... Yeah. Um, he had like a three on the stage because he's obsessed with number three. Like, yeah. um, Very cool. But uh, yeah, played a mix of like new stuff, white striped stuff. Fortunately, I quite like his new album and he played a few, like quite a few from that. So yeah. that was quite... Uh, and I, I sort of like the white striped stuff. So for me, it was a good a good mix. Um, I'd heard of some of the other stuff that he'd done from his other solo ones, but I'm not like quite as familiar yeah, um, but I do think the whole place kind of kicked <clears throat> off to a new level when he hit. He played some of the White Stripes ones, mm. yeah, um, and I think he did them quite, quite well in terms of like making them sound like they were originally recorded as because obviously they were two piece before, but he had a full band this yeah. time. Um, I think he did quite well to sort of capture the sound, but also fill it out a bit more and not just like <laughs> have everyone <laughs> sat around not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his, his new band, he just sort of 
tastefully added to the the sound, but he did get the drummer to play like Meg. So mm. yeah, he, he added to the sound. He does play some of his songs slightly differently. Yeah, like Seven Nation Army comes out different when he plays it live. And yeah, like, yeah, but which which is interesting. I like mm. I like when artists do that. Yeah, yeah. But he, the the nature of the White Stripes was definitely there when they played the White Stripes mm. songs. It was cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had that. Then we had the jazz festival, um, where we camped for a couple of days. Yeah. And went to watch various jazz acts. So it's 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 a jazz. It's called Love Supreme, and it's a uh, sort of like a jazz funk soul festival, with uh, some like popular acts on the main stage. As mm. you know, you, you got to bring the people in. <laughs> but um, yeah, jazz festival seems to be keeping that core of a jazz festival. But um, so you sort of wander around the smaller tents, and there's all sorts of like really interesting mm. um, music going on. So what mm. do you think about it, James? I thought it was really good. I had yeah. a really good time. We had amazing weather, which helped because it felt mm. just like a sort of holiday anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. you could just, even if you weren't watching something, you could just kind of <clears throat> sit outside, have some nice food. Like mm. it was very cool. Um, but we did watch stuff most of the time, um, ranging from pretty edgy experimental jazz to sort of quite poppy, dancey sort of disco yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, earlier in the days, usually more jazz, and later in the days, usually more poppy and discoy. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Like, um, I was surprised at like how much instrumental music I could absorb without getting bored. If you know what I mean, <laughs> not that that's yeah. the biggest ringing endorsement, but like for someone who doesn't listen to loads of jazz, um, yeah, it was. It was. It was quite different because it's for me like the vocal in a song is like the most engaging bit. Mm-hmm. So you take that out, and like your relationship with it is a bit different. Um, it's still really interesting, and I'm still. I started. I think by the end of the weekend, I started to really get into the sort of more adventurous stuff because you yeah. could kind of get lost in it a bit more. Um, but yeah, you're also your mind just sort of drifts, so it's quite kind of calming in some way. But like, mm. I str- I'd struggle to concentrate on the jazz for like an hour if you get what I mean intensely. Yeah. Like, like your brother could go to the front and like, <laughs> yeah, just like tap along to it. Yeah. I couldn't tap along to it. Put it that way, I'd be like, um. So I prefer to just lay back and absorb it. So what's the drum, what's the drums hi hat? That's normally on two and four. <laughs> yeah. Like ninety percent of the time. I need like a grid I can hold up. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was good. It was good. There's definitely some us that I'll I'll look up. Had a bit more sort of um, relaxed community sort of feel to it because the mm. jazz world's a bit smaller and a bit like the whole crowd was a little bit older and stuff. So it didn't have like a kind of crazy 16 year old party vibe that some festivals can have yeah it was kind of more relaxed more like music nerds it felt like you know yeah definitely Um, yeah so that was quite a good atmosphere and it was all there were some of the you know some of the bigger stages filled up and it was a bit more of a party atmosphere but yeah most of the time it was kind of highbrow jazz absorption Mm. (laughs) what did you think I thought it was good. I really liked the acts we saw. Erica Badu was probably my highlight. Mm. She was very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was vibe. Yeah, Erica was the headliner on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. She was very good. Um, saw Sister Sledge, which was pretty good. Corporate corporate machine now, but you know, fun. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like they were good. I like them. Yeah, no, they were fun. They were, def- they were definitely good fun. There um, were some with such like tight rhythm sections, some of these bands, yeah. like... Just oh. as the day went on, the bass and the kick drum got more and more like yeah. melded together to the point. It's like, is that even like human? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I think the my my other highlights. I mean, I saw Tom Mish, which is probably one of the ones I kind of wanted to see. Mm. 
just to see what it was like. Mm. I'm not I'm not the biggest Tom Mish fan, but um, yeah, he, he, you know I, I know I know a lot of songs and and mm. it was quite good to see him. And um, there was that band that we saw on a Friday night from Glasgow who were just absolutely the, the, yeah. the drummer I can't remember his name. Um, he was an absolute force of nature, and just the, the speed at which they played songs and like how like locked in it was. Um, it was drummer and keys and bass and, and a horn section and they were just outrageous. Mm. It was sort of like um, close to uh, as, as close to math rock that jazz gets. Mm. So that was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it was like a late night jazz yeah. tent where like some of the more edgy, interesting stuff yeah. was. And, um, yeah. We saw that guy that just had his saxophone like Basically, yeah. a, basically a whole tone sharp or flat or something. This guy came with like a saggy beanie hat that's like Harry's biggest pet peeve ever. Just like never wear a saggy just like flapping around. Like, it. This guy came up with his saxophone and then just like yeah, the backing track was there. And they just went like just off key, fast saxophone. Everyone was like, Ooh. But you get used to it. You get used to it. Yeah. Because um, John Col- John Coltrane, um, who this saxophone was, was taking massive inspiration from. Yeah. John Coltrane always played a bit sharp on his tracks. Yeah. Um, but this guy was just like... <laughs> Pushing fucking, it to the next level. Yeah, just like so sharp. And yeah. it, was, it took some getting used to. Yeah. But like, to be fair, towards the, like his last couple of songs, it was sort of getting used to it and it was starting to feel a bit, <laughs> bit more correct. Yeah. <laughs> Worn us down, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so no, it was really good. Um, mm. It's quite hard for me to name the acts because I was just sort of wandering around watching stuff that you'd planned to go see. <laughs> I had no internet or no like ability to oh, kind yeah. of make any of my own decisions, so I just followed everyone else yeah. what they were going to see and absorbed the jazz. Mm. Um, Sons of Kemet were, the, were another highlight for me. Mm. Three um, drummers. Yeah, three, three. Because I, I, I was telling everyone, oh, this great band. They're pretty sort of tribal. They got two drummers. <laughs> then we walk into the tent. There's three drum yeah, kits on stage. Like, there's three. <laughs> Is one of them gonna swap kits? Like drummers, they get to swap kits. You just get one one thing for the whole show. Them's the rules. Yeah, but here we are. Sons of Kemet. Um, I'd highly recommend going going mm. to see them. It's like very, very tribal. Mm. Like um, <laughs> one of the things that I was thinking of um, <laughs> while I was watching is uh, you might have you watched The Matrix. <clears throat> At the end of the first Matrix, there's this big scene where everyone's having a party in a cave. And it's like really sort of like gigantic cave, big drums. And it's like everyone's just like getting lost and going right down to their sort of base instincts. That's what you feel like they could play that sort of party. That's that's what I was thinking when I was watching Sons of Kevin. You were going down to your base instincts. You were getting primal. Yeah, it was. It was pretty rhythmic. Yeah. It was good. It was good. Um... And we kept going like, oh, don't get any ideas, Harry. Three drummers. But surely that would be a demotion if we got more drummers. Well, it was interesting. How would you feel if we got another drummer? No, no, we don't, we don't need another drummer. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the reason why is Sons of Kemet are a six-piece band, so they're 50% drummers. Oh. So are we. <laughs> <laughs> the Correct. ratio is important. <laughs> <laughs> so if we got a bass player, we'd need like another a fraction of a drummer. Maybe a... Bongo player. No, we just need just need another drummer. Then we have two drummers and two two in the string section, and then we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Great stuff. Yeah. So that was highlights. I'm just, just trying to think if there's any, anything else worth. Oh, the the bassist, the best electric bassist I've ever seen, um, Mr. Janish. I can't remember what his first name is. Tom. I don't know. Something Janish. Janish bass player. 
so good on base. Mm. Like, we'll put some of this in the show notes so yeah. there's a little bit more guidance to this because we can't remember names. Mm. <laughs> we should have uh, we should have looked at the lineups before we did the podcast. Yeah, we hey, hey. Done that, yeah. <laughs> next time, <laughs> next time we'll give you an informed festivals podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really good. I, I love going to festivals. It's uh, the one of the best forms of escapism, mm. and it's just yeah, fantastic atmospheres at both Glastonbury mm. and Love Supreme. And festivals are great. I want to go to more. The thing I found funny is like the random stuff that people wore. Yeah, I just imagine people back in their jobs, you know. Yeah, I just, know. Like suited up every day, like oh, get that client <laughs> on the phone. Then they get to a festival, and they're just wearing like a rug. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> a rug and like orange shorts. Yeah, especially because like, like, <laughs> maybe not so much the Love Supreme, but at Glastonbury, everyone's so middle class there, and it's yeah. just hilarious to see them all in their pocket hats. And yeah, like, they're like Ridiculous hippies shirt. for like yeah, like a day. Like it's so funny. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, in terms of like us playing at festivals, it's something that we're starting to look at. Um, we've always like looked at it before. We've never re- we have played the odd small like community thing before. Mm. Um, but not like any sort of larger scale festivals, but I think it might be something that maybe like next year we're potentially at the point that we can do it a bit more. Cause you have to be like a little bit ready in advance and, mm. um, there's potentially one or two we could play this year may, may not work out, but, um, mm. but yeah, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep going and it'd be fun to play a sort of few of them next year. Our aim is to get to the jam band ones in America cause yeah, they look amazing. absolutely sick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. So that's where we're headed, Philadelphia or whatever the wherever the peak ones are. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's an absolutely massive jazz festival in New Orleans, mm. which I am very interested in. About. Mm. I want to go to one of the Spain like beach ones. That's where it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. The thing is, like Spain, hot. Yeah. <laughs> All the acts sleep. are like in the night, aren't they? Yeah. It's too hot during the day. Like, I pick it carefully. I kind of want to go to some of the smaller ones, to be fair. Like, mm. just if there, if there was enough music that I was interested in, I'd kind of like to to try out a sort of smaller one because maybe there'll be like a bit of a different vibe, mm. like slightly less commercially. I think they'll all be a little bit commercially, but yeah. Um, but yeah. But then, as we was as we were saying, because your like brother was like, "Oh, this festival used to be a hardcore jazz festival, and it's changed, whatever." Um, people always think about like, oh, wouldn't it be great to go at Woodstock and things like that beside, but there was no toilets there. <laughs> there no toilets? Yeah, yeah basically. There was like Jesus. nothing, you know, in those early days ones, they yeah, were like rough, rough and ready <laughs> kind of thing, you know? So yeah. I don't know if people really would want to go to a, a proper startup festival like, like probably, it was back then. Get, get into the swing of things. You probably mm. just understand what it's like. Mm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that was the festival's update with Tukin Echo. Um, some of my friends have texted me asking when we're doing our next gig we're thinking of maybe organising some gigs later this year so if not festivals we might do a little set of gigs in autumn ourselves get this old two piece jam band out on the road am I right? oh yeah (laughs) noisy boys back in business exactly (laughs) that's what that's going to be the tour name (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to the Two Echo podcast. As always, you are a hero. Um, and uh, look out for our new song, Can I Have a Volunteer? That was brackets. Because um, I don't know... <laughs> don't know what it's going to be called yet. Um, but look out for our new single. That is dropping soon. Yeah. And, uh, and for when we book our next gig, which will also be soon. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Sleep easy.